You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp. Hey, that's me. And Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show. We're so excited to have you here today. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review if you would be so kind. If you're loving the show, everything that we create is to empower, encourage, and support you. And we genuinely love hearing your feedback. It helps us know what content you're loving most, not to mention it helps us get in front of new eyes. So if you are loving this show, it's a great way to make sure that other entrepreneurs can also learn and listen as well. Now, today we are chatting about money mindset from a biblical perspective. So if you have ever struggled with a love of money or a fear of money, keep listening. If you've struggled charging what you think you should because you're trying to stay quote unquote humble, no, you better keep listening. (laughs) If you struggle with thinking that you never have enough money, that you're always lacking, then you better keep listening listening. And if you believe that as a Christian, you should only be making enough money to barely break even and that's it, we have some thoughts and you need to keep listening. So basically the bottom line is keep listening. (laughs) Let's go ahead and dive into money, finances, and what the Bible says about how we should treat the money we have and the money we make. Cool? Ready? Let's go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Money mindset. Ooh, yes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it from a biblical perspective. Ooh, coming at you. Let's go. Okay. I'm not singing. I'm just like chanting. All right. Anyways, we're going to just dive on deep. Like just like straight off the deep end. We're jumping off the, what's it called? The diving board. Yeah. Hope you can swim. (laughs) No, just kidding. That sounded rude. Anyways, <laughs> we love you. Yes. We just let's just let's, get it out. Let, let's, let's do go. this. Yeah. Yes. So go. You we go. need to get, I got this. We need to get this one out of the way right out of the gate. First and foremost, we're just going in. Money is a tool. It is a neutral tool. Mm-hmm. It is the love of money that can become the problem. It's the focus of our hearts that becomes the problem. So I think so many believers are familiar with the verse from 1 Timothy 6 that says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil or the root of all evil, as some translations put it. The thing to note here is the key word love, the Mm -hmm. love of money. It's not actually money itself. I think people just like read that verse and they skip over that and they're like, oh, okay, the money is the root of all evil. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, I think there's there are other like... Parables in the Bible of God saying it's easier for, you know, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. So, like, there are absolutely certain sections in Scripture where the Lord talks about money and is basically warning us of idolizing money, you know, idolatry of our finances, our our earthly possessions, all of that, which is so, so key to understand. But I think a lot of believers focus solely on that and forget to notice 
a all lot the other stuff. <laughs> of all their stuff in scripture that is actually very uh, opposite of, oh, money is evil. So we're going to die. Therefore, I should have bit. none. Yeah. I should live on rags. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think also it's important to keep in mind that the Bible tells us that you can't serve and love two masters. So yeah. God and money. Yeah. Like, and, and that's why it harps on. And there are so many scripture verses that are talking about the love of money and even talking about like it's easier for a poor man to go or to go through the eye of a needle. Or what did you just say? The camel. A camel. <laughs> Not a poor man. Well, no. I, the camel to go through an eye of a needle versus the rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Like the reason you see and you read all of that throughout the Bible is because the love of money is a real thing. And that's one of, I think, the biggest things that can so easily become an idol in our lives. Yes. Like a lot of other things can, but yeah. that's like well, legit. Money, let's just say money in in our earthly world can give you a sense, a false sense a power. Of, of identity, of power, security. of control. Yep, security. Yeah. Like it's it's everything that we're supposed to be getting from the Lord. And I think that's why it can be so dangerous is... When we put money in the place of God, we don't feel the lack of the Lord as like deeply as we do when there's no money. Like when we're not dependent on the Lord to supply for us or, you know, like coming at it with a humble position and like keeping God on his throne, things get so out of whack. So in this episode, we're not trying to like downplay the danger of— yeah idolizing money because it is a serious problem. It's probably one of the biggest pitfalls we can fall into, especially as like entrepreneurs and people who, you know, are seeking revenue, which is a good thing. That's like a successful business. That's, that's normal, but that can be so easily like turned into an incorrect and a dangerous heart posture. So we don't want to gloss over that. However, we don't want to harp on that from the wrong angle of saying, oh, money itself is dangerous. It's not the money. It's a it's tool. It's the heart posture. Money yep. is neutral. And we yeah. need to have that in our minds, especially as believers. Well, I feel like low-key this is turning into a sermon, but this— No, I'm kidding. Um, Just like, let, me, let me get my Bible out here. <laughs> without pretending that we're pastors, like what we see over and over and over again in Scripture as you dive into the concept of money as a believer is God is not anti-wealth, which I think a lot of Christians believe. God is anti-worshiping wealth and relying and getting your identity and and security and everything that Evie just said from wealth because those things need to be gotten from the Lord. Gotten from the Lord. Yep, we're going with it. From the Lord. (laughs) Yeah. And there's just like dozens and dozens and dozens of stories, people, parables, and situations in the Bible where God blesses people with financial abundance and provision. But the thing you'll notice also over and over and over again is that God also warns us to not worship money or place it on the throne above Him. Yeah. So with that in mind, let's circle back to the bottom line. Money is a tool and it's a resource that we can harness and use to further God's kingdom and impact the world around us for His glory. It's not bad. It's not holy. It's a neutral tool that we can steward well. Now, that actually, ironically, that wasn't planned. Stewarding well, (laughs) uh, that can lead us into the next point. So Lindsay, do you want to dive into the next thing that we need to know about money as a believer? Yes. All right. Let's do this. So 
as believers, we believe it is our job to steward, like Evie said, what God has given us well, and that includes our finances. So I want to read a parable for you today. So maybe this is really actually kind of low-key turning into a sermon, uh, but there's actual <laughs> applicable, uh, there's applicable practical business and life tools that we're stemming from this. So I guess that's also what sermons do, but whatever. Anyways, um, I'm going I'm to read Luke 19, 12 to 26. So bear with me. It's a good story. All right. Uh, I got to find it. Hold on. Okay. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minus. Minus is basically just like money or coins or whatever. I don't actually, there's probably a legit conversion of what that actually is. I don't I'm know. I'm going to look it up while you're, you're going because I, I used to know this. Okay. Great. And said to them, engage in business until I come. Would you look at that? Engage in business. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him saying, Lord, your mina has made 10 minas more. And he said to him, well, go- well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, you are to be over five cities. And then another came saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew... What was this? You knew that I was a, a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put the money in the bank? And at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. He said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. And they said to him, Lord, he has 10 minas. I tell to you to, that everyone who has more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So that's a doozy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what we can kind a of. Lot to swallow. <laughs> It's a lot to swallow, but that's a really good story and parable of the principle that God, like if we're, if we're talking about like the, the parable obviously is like God is the, is the master person in that story. Right. Mm -hmm. And he gave his servants money with which to steward and he rewarded those most who stewarded it well. And so I think the, the principle that we can take away is God wants us to take what he gives us, steward it and take care of it well, and then grow it. Like he yeah. literally was like, do business with this. <laughs> yeah. He rewards um, those who, oh, sorry. Did you want to talk? No, no, it's good. Amina is worth like $2 now. I was trying to look through how much it would be oh, worth. Oh, that probably was a lot back then. Oh, it, it was. Cause it's like, it's like, a mina goes into 60, I think it was 60 shekels, and then 60 shekels went into like one talent, and a talent was worth like 20 years of wages. So I'm, I was like oh, trying to calculate. That's why there's also the parable of the talents. Yeah. That, I was so trying that to calculate that's more that. money? Uh, like, yeah, the talent was more money. The The mina is like a little bit less. I, I want to f- actually find that out. It still but, has to be enough that, that if you have, I gave you 10 minas, you get dominion over 10 cities. That's like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's just aggressive. I think the the thing that we want to note here is like God gives us resources and it's our job to steward it and to multiply what the Lord is giving us. Like yeah. to to take advantage and be strategic with what God's given us. That's, it doesn't just apply to money. Like obviously we're talking about finances here, but that's not just the only application for it. So I think specifically though, with talking about finances in this area, how can we apply this principle and this parable to our lives. 
I think the biggest thing when it comes to stewarding our our finances well and just what God's given us is to honor the Lord by thanking Him for what He's given. So how can we be intentional to acknowledge that what we have is from the Lord and and that it's like, it, it's all Him. How can we honor Him with that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the first one, I'm just going to pop in. Yeah, do is it. Kind of like what you just said is understanding that the money that you have is His. It's not yours. It has been given and blessed unto you as a steward of it. Yeah. Which is like a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. I, like I, I, I thought, like I have a, a quick little example. I remember um, years ago, I was like, oh, I want to go on this trip or something. Or I, I was telling a friend who was discipling me at the time and she was like, she she's always is so good at telling me what I need to hear and not what I want to hear. So it's always like- <laughs> Love mm. those people. I know, it's great. And she was like, did you ask God if that was cool? Like, or if, if he wanted you to go on that trip with that money? And yeah. I was like, what? What, yeah. what? This is my money. And she's like, is it? And yeah. I was like, oh, shoot. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good though. I mean, I think it's, and I also want to throw in here, God is the creator of everything. Yeah. And if we think we can make better business decisions with our resources than God can, we are seriously not smart. And it's time to give our business decisions over to the Lord. Like literally everything that we're doing, reinvesting the money, spending it on ourselves, spending it on others, giving it away, like everything that we are doing with the resources that God's given us, yeah. the best course of action, the safest course of action, the most rewarding course of action is to go to the Lord and be like, God, what do you want to do with your money that you have put through my hands? And I heard somebody say this. Um, I forget. I, I forget. It might just be a common thing too, um, that we need to consider ourselves as like a pipe where the Lord funnels his resources, his everything through us, his Holy Spirit, his finances, his like everything is going through us. We're not the bucket that things are landing in. We are the pipe. Like we're the pipeline. Like it comes in and it goes out and I am just letting it go through me. That's all. Like it's Mm. not, I'm not the end destination. Yes, God absolutely wants us to be able to like be financially secure and, you know, like there, there's blessings. That doesn't mean that like we can't enjoy a vacation because we're just a conduit that everything goes straight on through us. Like, but that's the mindset I always want to have around money and resources is, okay, this belongs to the Lord. Like I, this is a a slippery on pipe straight through me. Like this is going wherever God tells me to put it. Um, So I think that's like the biggest thing is like just asking the Lord. And with that, um, I think one of the best ways to keep that like the the mindset of this is God's first and and not mine is to tithe. Um, Mm -hmm. And I that keeps your heart posture just so acknowledging like God, you have given this to me, and I'm going to give it back to you first. The first fruits of everything is going to go straight back to you. Mm, That's so good. I think another way that you can honor God and thank him for the money that he's given you is not spending it frivolously. And now when I say that, I don't mean you can never take a vacation. You can never buy something that's nice or, or premium or luxury. Like, that's not what I mean. It's I think it's more the heart behind how you're spending yeah. your money. You're not just like mm-hmm. blowing it on booze or, well, yeah. anything. It doesn't have to be booze. <laughs> it could be literally anything. But just like you're not treating it 
without respect. You're, yeah. you're not stewarding it well if you just like you get a paycheck and then you spend like 90% of it on things that do you actually need, like that kind of thing. Well, I think that, you know, comes back to like, you're not even necessarily like respecting the money. You're respecting what God's given you. And yeah. you're saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with this money? Like, mm-hmm. should am I wanting to just go take this big luxurious trip, you know, for the 10th time this year because I want to do that? Or would you prefer for me to, you know, invest in mentoring and discipling this other person or invest in, you know, the youth camp at church, like whatever that looks like. It literally um, doesn't matter. But it's like you're, when we spend frivolously, it typically means that we're not asking the Lord what He wants us to do. Like we're not asking for His input. Yep. That's good. I think the other one could be, we said this kind of before, but giving and blessing generously, which kind of just goes along with being wise with your money, stewarding it, giving it to God, but then also having your eyes open to give it to others, yeah. whether that's like supporting a charity or supporting your church or some, some agus supporting your church could be tithing, but still like keeping your eyes open and being willing to have that open hand mm-hmm. to be a generous giver. Yeah. And with that being wise with your money, like investing it wisely, using it wisely, like taking what God has given you and multiplying it mm-hmm. so that, you know, I want to personally, just diving in here with a personal, like my heart, I want to be the person, the business owner, the entrepreneur, the human, where, you know, there is suddenly a need in my community, Uh, you know, a church family's house burned down, or they have exorbitant medical bills from an unexpected health crisis and surgery. And, you know, whatever that looks like, I want to be one of those believers where God can tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, go, it's go time. And I can just dig in and hand out what the Lord has given to me. I can be that pipeline. I can like, you know, direct my aim of my little life pipe and just flood whatever situation the Lord has tapped on, you know, put on my heart and just flood the resources into that situation. And you know what's beautiful is if you were broke, you couldn't do that. Now could mm -hmm. you? Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I think we have that later. (laughs) Yeah, I think the reality is that it's, it's not bad, to grow the resources that God has given you. That's actually a good yeah. thing. I mean, clearly in that parable, and I mean, we're, we'll dive into this later, but the Proverbs 31 woman and, you know, Jacob, and uh, there's so many stories in the Bible where yeah. where followers of, of Jesus Christ, of, of our Lord and Savior, stewarded what God had given them and multiplied, and that was good. God was, mm-hmm. that was God's favor upon them. So... If you have a business, that means it's not bad to charge a price for a service that you're giving in return. You are you are taking the talents and skills that God has given you and you are turning it into more fruit. You're impacting lives and receiving, you know, a, a return as mm-hmm. a result. I almost think it's like a good mental picture to think of anything that you have, especially money in this particular instance. How can I multiply it? How can I compound it? Just asking yourself that, because I think that's the heart posture of a good steward. Of money. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And I think just kind of along with that, the mindset that money is bad and as Christians, we shouldn't make it out or like we shouldn't like make money out of striving to be humble. It, that's just off for yeah. a myriad of reasons that we already talked about. But when you treat money as a resource to bless others, you're stewarding the resources and the finances that God has given you. Yeah, like, for sure. 
Okay, so that's an overview of, you know, stewarding the resources well. Next up, let's talk a little bit about a huge mindset pit that I think so many of us fall into, which is, drumroll, scarcity mindset. You actually... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I got you. (laughs) Scarcity mindset. So, Lindsay, you want to dive into this one a little bit? Yeah. So first off, what is scarcity mindset? What do we mean when we say that? It's the belief that there isn't enough and never will be enough that results in constantly viewing the world or a certain area of life, for example, money, as if there's always a lack or as if you personally always will have that lack. Yeah. And so it's like when we look at that with scarcity mindset with money, it's like I can never have enough money. I'm always, it's always a woe is me attitude. It's always, oh, I don't have enough. So here's the first major problem with this mindset. When we have anxiety and fear around our provisions, aka our money, the reality is we're not trusting God, like period. We're putting ourselves above the Lord and saying what we think or that we think that we're the ones that can provide everything for ourselves. And if God takes care of the birds and the flowers, he's going to take care of you, which is Matthew, I think, 6, 26 or something like that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, you can go. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, that's the first and foremost is like, we're we're putting, again, money in the place of God. And it's coming yeah. from an, an opposite place where like we're scared Mm-hmm. Instead of like we're power hungry, yeah. Um, but it's still the the heart postures are very much the same. Where like from one end you think that money is so powerful, it's the answer to everything, so you're putting it on the throne. On the other, you think money is so powerful and you're so nothing, and and you know like I'm always gonna be without, and this controls my life, and you're putting money on the throne. So that's like just a huge area that as believers we have to make sure we're not stepping into. Mm-hmm. And then I think secondly. It's it's just overall like focusing on money having power. And money doesn't have power except what man has assigned to it. Like yeah, in our world, it. like money does not have authority. God has authority. God has power. And when we're operating, believing like in a scarcity mindset, we're pulling God down off his throne and saying, you're not really as big and powerful as, as you know, you say you are. Money is actually what's controlling my life, which is just- Right, like I, I'm not going to so be wrong. able to make it because of yeah. X. Yep. Yeah. Which I want to validate that feeling though, because I also know what it's mm-hmm. like to mm-hmm. be in that situation of, yeah. oh, S-H-I-T, I am struggling. <laughs> like yeah. I've been there more yeah. times than you probably know. And it's, it's scary. And yeah. it, you really do have to lean on the Lord in those ser- seasons and in those circumstances because you genuinely don't know when the next paycheck is going to come. Especially, I feel like, as an entrepreneur, like it's, money can be scary and everyone can have money problems, especially if you even have a corporate job. But I feel like as an entrepreneur where like it's genuinely not a promised paycheck yeah. always, yep. it's like you really have to lean into that faith. Yeah. Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. 
It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part. (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. If you're enjoying what you're getting in this podcast for free, then you're about to get your mind blown with what we offer in our educational courses. If you're ready to uplevel your business, serve your clients like never before and reach revenue goals that you've barely dared to dream of, then we're ready to help. Our courses are packed full of tools, formulas, strategies, and resources to help you kick freaking butt in biz. Whether you choose the photo major, a complete course for photographers, or the content photo minor, a mini course on how to finally slay your content photos for your blog, Insta, headshots, whatever, you will walk away with more knowledge than you ever thought possible. And here's the reality. We are here to see you succeed always and forever. And that is why we created each and every one of these courses. To check them out for yourself, read the reviews and look at each course syllabus, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. Yeah, I think the final point we want to make here with this area is like by focusing constantly on what you don't have, you'll miss out on God's opportunities and plans to bless you. Like, are you speaking death over your finances daily. Like, for example, are you saying, oh, I can't, we're broke, or there's no way, like, I could never afford that. That's big. Like, God tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Like, that's huge. Yikes. That's a, that's like a, oh, okay, let me sit down moment. Like, check your heart, check your (laughs) mind. Yeah, I think, you know, like the parable of the minas in Luke 19 that we mentioned before, like the person who went and hid the money operating out of that like scarcity and like fear-based mindset, not only did they not increase that money, but God took it away. Like God said, okay, that mindset was leading to poor stewardship and he gave it to the person who was actually stewarding their resources well, the person who took the risks, the person who believed in, you know, the Lord and his, his wasn't afraid of money or, or fear of failure or anything mm. like that. So if That's you're, so good. <laughs> if you're struggling with scarcity mindset, I would say, I, like Lindsay said, like it can be so hard, especially if you're in a season or a moment where it feels like, like you're, you're worried for your provision, which is understandable. Like that's, it's hard. Like Lindsay and I have both been there. But if you are struggling with that, I w- the biggest thing is it's going to take constant work to remind yourself over and over because our man-made, like our hearts are naturally very tending to fear and to worry. And it's very easy to shift our focus from God and His plan and His power to 
what we need to, to pay the freaking bills. So yeah. if you're struggling with that, my encouragement is to try memorizing some Bible verses like Matthew 6 or Philippians 4.19. There are so many in the Bible that you can just dig through and pull the ones that feel like they're speaking to your heart and speak those over yourself whenever you feel anxious and surrender yourself and your finances back to the Lord, remembering that He is in charge and He is worthy of all praise and has all power, not money. Ooh, snaps, rub. <laughs> I don't know when this comes out. Will you still be a rub? I don't even know. I don't even know, I don't when, even what, know. what part of the year. I don't even know when this is airing. We're it. batching so far in advance. Anyway, okay. I want to also address the next point that I think a lot specifically of Christian business owners, I think mainly Christian business women struggle with is the kind of the process or the, the question of like, how is it humble? Because like God says to be humble. God says to be like, you know, put others before ourselves, all of that. So the question I think that a lot of people come to, especially a lot of Christian women come to is that are working or the business women, sorry, anyways, is how is it humble to charge a premium price as a believer? Like, shouldn't we prioritize giving over taking? Oh, I want to dive on into that because I, I could just go straight to the point and be like, we'll offer a premium pot price at the end, lols. But <laughs> <laughs> let's unpack that because in all seriousness, charging a price for something is not robbing someone or stealing if you charge, well, if you charge a premium price because you're giving in exchange a premium product or service. Like that's yeah. just straight up good business. That's There's literally so many Bible verses, Luke 19 being one of them of like, do good business, steward yeah. what you have, like expand what you have. That means you can't ask people to rob you, which is, <laughs> that, does that make sense? Like that's basically yeah. like putting humbleness above like the stewardness of what God gives us. Like, yeah. Now, on the flip side, like if you charge a premium price for something and then you give like a really, really, really crappy service or product that clearly is not worth that price that you're charging, then I would say, yes, that's unethical. Like maybe fix yourself um, or the product. <laughs> fix the product. <laughs> fix yourself. Or, or fix the price, whatever. But like we said before, like making money in and of itself is not bad. Charging yeah. something that is worth that money and providing for your family is biblical. And I think we got to stop getting this mindset that says, oh, I'm not going to charge people because it's better to be humble to the point that you're not valuing or stewarding the gifts and talents that God has given you. Yeah. And like, th that's got to go. That's got to go. Yeah. Goodbye. I, I think the thing you also have to know is like, recognizing if I'm offering something of value, it's normal business and healthy business to charge what that is worth and what that, yeah. you know, target audience, you're not robbing ideal people. customer is capable of paying. You're not sit like running down the street and like snatching people's wallets. People are choosing to pay your price. And that's a good thing because you're giving them something valuable in return. And the beauty of that is the people who can pay that price and are choosing to invest in that price, fantastic. They're giving those, those resources. And then those moments and those situations where somebody can't afford that price or, you know, whatever, and God nudges your heart and says, hey, I want you to give this to them for free. I want you to bless them with this. You're capable of doing that because you have the resources to do that. Right, you if, you were, <laughs> if you were undervaluing yourself, you don't have the ability to bless people because you are poor. Like you're not <laughs> making money because you're not charging what you're worth. And we don't oh. we don't want to villainize being 
you know, in a financially strapped situation. There are certain seasons, I believe, yes, where like God, sure. where God asks you to surrender things, where God leads you into a desert season financially, where God, you know, like, I think there are, we don't ever want to villainize, you yeah. know, being quote unquote poor or having, you know, what not. However, being in a season what, of lack. Yeah. However, what we, what we don't want to do is glorify like not having and thinking that that's somehow more holy because I I don't believe that. I believe that God has called us to individually specific seasons where, you know, the majority of the church is not called to be poor. I believe the church is called to be the people who are blessing above measure. And that means that we as business owners should be not scared of the fact that God may want to bless us radically financially so that we can in turn turn around and pour out and give out. So just mm-hmm. wanted to throw that out. We're not trying to villainize either yeah. one. Um but I think there's no, just thank a hard you posture. for thank you for saying that. That was that was good. Um yeah. to kind of further drive home this point, we wanted to read an excerpt. <laughs> this sounds so professional. Uh an excerpt <laughs> from Proverbs, Proverbs 31. That's like the one of the most famous passages in the Bible, honestly, is like the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. And I think we we often focus on that passage for like, oh, she is beauty and dignity, or I can't remember what it's oh, I have it it's literally written. I should read it. Um, <laughs> but it's like, oh, it's like charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I think like that's the kind of the standalone sentence that often gets pulled from that entire chapter. Which is which is powerful. Oh, yes, so powerful, but that doesn't really talk about money in a sense. But the rest of that chapter, yeah. oh, oh, oh boy. Well, oh, <laughs> girl. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit yeah. of it because uh, let's just refresh ourselves on what this actually says. So I'm going to read just from 13 to 29. Cool. So she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hand to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all of her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes her bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Did I get up? Keep going. She looks well to the way of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Okay. Oh, I okay. love that. I love that section. Okay. Okay. When Sassy Lindsay is being released, I will just step back. <laughs> I will just approach the mic calmly. Let's go over that in depth. Well, not in depth, but I'm just going to pull a few key phrases and apply that to what we're talking about. Works with willing hands. She works for her money, y'all. Okay. <laughs> she provides food for her household, aka she provides for her family. In other words, she probably charges a fair wage for what she offers people. <laughs> or, okay. She considers a field and buys it. Wow. She has money with which to buy a field. Imagine I also, that. I also <laughs> want to throw in here, th- 
it, it literally, in this section, yes, it talks about their entire family, her husband sitting at the gates, which means he's like high up in leadership right. and all of this stuff. It says she considers the field and buys it. She's making a business purchase for their family and she's making an investment and a bit like a business decision. So I just yeah. want to point out there, in no way are we trying to turn this into like, you know, a, anything crazy and being like, oh, the women should provide for the family, you know, whatever. Like we're not oh, trying... Right. Yeah, women are the only people who should provide for their family. Not trying to say that. However, what we are saying is not only does she have the money to buy the field, that girl is going out and getting it. She's making she investments. Yeah. It's not like the family considers. She considers. Yeah, go for the it. The other one that really just gets me is uh, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Like, honestly, we could just stop there. That's the tweet. Go home. <laughs> like, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. She does not undervalue herself and charge pennies for something that is profitable. <laughs> or the, Okay, anyways, you get the point. Uh, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches her hands to the needy. Imagine, she has the resources and the money to do that. She could not help the poor and needy if she was not a good businesswoman who is not profitable in the first place. All right, <laughs> moving on. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. She is not dressed in rags, yo. Uh-uh. I will say <laughs> fine linen and purple garments meant like were signals of the most luxurious, like the wealthiest. Oh, perfect. Bring some theology. The wealthiest of the, we the, wealthiest of the wealthy because the dye that was needed for purple garments, like purple was oh, a was sign like, of royalty and was that's super why purple, expensive. Purple throughout time is like the color of royalty. Yeah, because it's the most expensive. Like the dye to make purple garments is like ridiculously expensive. So anyway. Well, imagine that. So she's wearing something that <laughs> she's, arguably is luxury. I was going to say, I was going to say, she, notice there too, not only is she blessing those around her and making business investments and all of that, but it's also like her family is clothed well, it said earlier. Yeah. And then it says she, her clothing is fine linen and purple. So she's wearing good things as well. So it's not just that she is operating in rags and just handing everything out to the poor and needy. She's also living in comfort with her family while pouring more and more out to those who need it. So just And she could only do that because she is providing, what was it? She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Really, that's just it. Okay, last one. <laughs> she makes linen garments and sells them. Wow, she does not make linen garments and gives them away. That's not what that says. She sells them. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Oh, I love it. I feel like we could we could do probably an entire like study on the Proverbs 31 woman. Especially Legit. There as, is so much to unpack that I just yeah. like threw out one liner sentences in there. I think there's just so much to unpack. Even there's so many other examples in the Bible as well. There's Ruth. There's, you know, there's so many. I literally can't even begin to like discuss them. But the point is not like, oh, women versus men or like women, you know, in business or whatever. That's not what we're trying to say. What we're trying to say is the prime example in the Bible of a godly woman is out there earning significant money, providing for her family in as a mother, as a wife, and as a businesswoman, and she is charging what she's worth. So we just wanted to throw and that out And using those resources to take care of her family and take care of others. Yeah. So we just wanted to like throw out there that yes, the love of money is a problem. However, money is not a problem. So for the, the believer who is listening to this and is feeling like, oh, I've just, I've always grown up believing that like money is bad and evil and I should never like desire money. You should never desire money above desiring God ever. That's the key. You should never yeah. worship money more than you're worshiping God ever. However, to 
open your hands and say, God, I'm ready to steward what you're giving me. And I want to be able to be a conduit for you to move, for you to bless, for you to bring your kingdom to earth. That is what we're called to as believers. And I'm not, not just in money, just in anything, his spirit in, you know, his love in whatever, like we should never close ourselves off to something that God may want to funnel through us. And I think money is one of those things as Christians, historically, it's almost been taught that like, we should never have more money than we need to pay our bills and a little bit extra for, you know, that that missionary that comes through church and we should give them, you know, a hundred dollars. Like that's, I don't think what our universal calling is as the church. So yeah. we just wanted to like, dump all of those thoughts on you today. And hopefully that opened up a new concept, a new idea. It sparked something. It spoke to you. Um, maybe we should do like more of these. Maybe we should do like a Proverbs 31 deep dive or something like that. Cause I feel like there's so much to this that we like barely even scratch the surface on today. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like on the flip side, if you want us to talk about just like even finances or even practical stuff, even from just like I mean, everything that we talk about has a foundation of biblical values because that's just where we're coming from. Yeah. And that's what we believe. However, like we this was really a money mindset episode from a biblical perspective, but there's a lot that we could even talk about of like practical ways to steward your money that that don't even bring in Bible verses at all. Like that are just like, hey, like maybe don't go into debt. Although you could bring in many Bible verses for that. But <laughs> anyways, <laughs> yes. um, if you want us to do, yeah, more practical financial episodes, like let us know. I know we did one back in 2020 with our guest Van, but I don't think we've done one since then until now. So yeah, let us know if you like the topic of finances, because that's a fun one. We love it. All right. Hopefully this episode spoke to your heart today and yes. we would love to hear from you if it did. Uh, post something in the Heart and Hustle Facebook group, which if you aren't a part of, click that link in the show notes. Um, and if you want, send us a DM, screenshot or share, tag us. We love seeing what you guys are loving on the podcast. So yeah. hopefully you enjoyed this episode. In the meantime, go kick some butt and we will see you on the next show. Yes, we love you guys. Bye.